0: Welcome to the Heart Centered Sales Leader Podcast, your one stop shop for building client relationships, scaling your business, and ultimately growing your income. When you are looking for your next step in personal and financial growth, we've got you covered with your host, number one international best selling author and heart centered sales expert, Connie Whitman.
1: Welcome to the Heart Centered Sales Leader Podcast on WebTalkRadio.net. I'm your heart centered sales leader. And your host, Connie Whitman. Thanks so much for joining us today. Now, I hope that as you join each week that you really feel my mission and I I swear I'm making like a movement out there that that word um, sales should not be something that's icky and sleazy and pushy, that really I'm shifting that paradigm over to one of love, care, and respect. And if you're not coming from love, care, and respect I'm telling you, you're doing it wrong. Um, So feel my passion with this, people uh, because it matters. Also, to help your mindset journey to again do that little bit of a shift. Sometimes we have to understand how we're showing up in the world or how the world is seeing us. So go to my website Whitmanasos.com slash CSA for communication style assessment. It's a real quick quiz. Take it and it'll tell you what your superpowers are from a communication standpoint. But I also give you what your blind spots are, which is kind of important because if we don't see what we don't see, you're probably wasting a lot of time and money. If you're loving the show, I do hope that you subscribed, written a little review, sending me some love, and hopefully rated it so Apple Podcast continues to love me. Now, my motivational quote today is by Gregory Chiotti, and it says, Marketing is enthusiasm transferred to the customer. So from all my business owners out there and or marketing executives, do you agree That when we have the right messaging that your marketing can actually skyrocket the success of your business. Well, of course, marketing is that critical piece of any business plan. Most people think that marketing is selling and just this is not the case at all. Marketing and selling are two very different things. Sales. Thank you very much. Marketing, eh, I need help with that. So today my guest is Melanie Hershon, and uh, she's going to help us understand marketing and how to implement a plan that gets the results that we're looking for. Now, Melanie is a digital content creator on, on a mission, also on a mission, these are my kind of people, uh, to empower female entrepreneurs to land more clients and conquer their content creation challenges. She believes that clear, concise, and perfectly chosen words help businesses not only attract, but also nurture their ideal clients and customers. She's been a small business owner since 2012. Melanie understands the entrepreneurial journey and knows firsthand the challenges and dedication it takes to market one's own company. She also has extensive experience in the content creation world, having worked as a print radio and TV journalist, journalist and a PR specialist in Hollywood. Woohoo! So please, Please help me welcome my amazing, wonderful, beautiful friend, Melanie to the show. So Mel, thanks for being on. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here, Connie. So I just have to say after, when, after you're like on shows like this and people read your credentials, don't you like at the back of your mind going, "Ooh, that's me. I'd hire me. Do you ever have that moment? Like, of, wow, I've done a lot hundred percent. I'm like, how did I do all this? And I'm still me. Yeah. And I'm still 20, right? And well, in my mind, I'm still 20. In my mind too. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, I just love it. So let's, let's talk about email marketing and why it's really important, probably more important now than probably ever before. Why is that? And tell us what that is. Okay. So I would say that email marketing is
0: really the most important because that's the only way that we know 100% we can reach the people in our community, the people in our audience, whatever, we call them a tribe. That's how we can reach them. Because with social media, as wonderful as it is, there's no guarantee. There's no guarantee that Instagram isn't going to shut your account down tomorrow. There's no guarantee that the Facebook algorithm isn't going to change again. Again, yeah again, like it does regularly. And there is no guarantee that what you post is going to be seen by somebody ever, let alone right now. Whereas when you send out an email and you know that it's an accurate email, if you are strategic in the way you create the email and your subject line makes people want to open the email, then you are going to be able to reach your person.
1: And, and it's important because... It's your email list. That's where the control lies, right? You, if people, um, aren't opening your emails, you can delete them from your email list. So you continuously are sifting through the people who are opting in for free things, but maybe don't really want your content. And that's okay. That's absolutely okay. But you want to constantly reiterate, reiterate, reiterate. So you get to your, I I call it, I don't love the word tribe. I don't know why there's nothing wrong with it. I don't either. I like the word community.
0: Isn't that funny? I think tribe is too, is a little, it's a little bit racist. I do. I think it can be.
1: Maybe. I I don't, I think it's limiting for me. Like a tribe is your local where I feel like my community can be ginormous. It, now with the internet, right? Our community can be. I have friends, literally friends that I've made through through the internet in the UK, in Ireland, you know, in India, absolutely in Canada, in Australia. So th- to say a tribe that just feels confining to me. But the, but the yeah. point is that email list I can make sure that my ideal clients are there, that are getting my message because they want to get my message too. We don't want to push ourselves on anyone because that's that icky sleazy kind of vibe that that's out there. Now talk to everybody, so I have this email list. Why do we need to make sure we know our ideal client so we can leverage that email list, so to speak, to its fullest?
0: Well, absolutely, when you know who you your ideal client is, you know how to speak to them because when you try to speak to everybody, you end up talking to absolutely nobody. And so when when you can define who your client is and you know what their pain points are and you know what keeps them awake at night and you know what makes them tick, then you can know what to say to them that you you understand, you can relate and then you can alleviate whatever struggles they have based on your solution that you provide in your business.
1: As long as the solution works, go for it. Because if people are struggling and you have an answer to help them not struggle – Shame on you. See, again, that's that sales piece, right? If I, if I sell, I'm being sleazy and I feel if truly, truly what you're selling or your service or whatever it is that you're going to teach me, don't care what the product or service is, but if it's going to help me create ease in my life or get rid of that stress that I'm feeling pain point, I hate that word pain point. I don't love negative words, but if you can help me create more ease in my life and you're afraid of being sleazy, then shame on you. So that's why the market Marketing that I keep saying, Melanie, it's so funny. It's more marketing and sales. No, they're two right. different things. The marketing is finding your people, getting the message out there and them saying, hmm, I think I want to learn more about Connie. Hmm, I think I want to learn more about Melanie. Then they reach out to you, buy a product from you, a service, respond to an email, come to a webinar, whatever it is that they're kind of saying, let me know a little more about you. That's what marketing does. And then when you're in front of the client or the prospect, that's when the sales piece kicks in. And that's more of the verbal um, for me communication than the written communication, right? That's, that's my definition. Did that make sense?
0: And I agree with that wholeheartedly because I am always saying that marketing and selling are not the same thing, mm-hmm. but that they go hand in hand and you really shouldn't have one without the other. Exactly. Because if you market and then somebody gets on the phone with you and you have no and no way to offer them anything or you don't know how to offer them in a in a way that you're servicing them yep. instead of being sleazy like we talked about, then it's gonna just be sort of d o a right so but at the same time, you can be wonderful at sales, but if nobody knows about you, the then they're not secret. gonna be right? They're not going to be coming to buy from you.
1: And, and, you know, you and I have talked about this since COVID hit, right? My business kind of had to take a huge shift from doing everything live and I'm trying to create all the, I have content from 20 years that I've, I've brought to it works. You know, I've, I've moved the needle on these ginormous corporations and now I'm trying to bring it to that business owner, right. Who's, who's stuck and, and they feel against sleazy with the sales piece. And how do you like, how did I shift? And that was the marketing piece, which was, I'll be honest, that was a real challenge for me, you know, last year. And it's funny, I'm, I'm working with someone I'm going to create, I'm doing a webinar. And as I was telling him, you know, what I do and how I help and how I move the needle with sales and all those, all the things that you do with your clients too. And he looked at me and he goes, oh, so you help people get to the objectionless buyer. Melanie? Now I've been doing this. I've been at sales 38 years. I looked at and I went, "Ah, that's exactly what I do. How did you how did you come up with objectionless buyer? And he said, But everything you're telling me, you're there's walls between you and that objectionless buyer. But if someone responds to your marketing, if someone responds to your email, if someone sits on your webinar, There, there's an objectionless buyer in front of you. You just have to know how to get to it. And that's my zone of genius, right? Your marketing got him in the webinar. Now, my genius is going to say, now, wait a minute. When you're in front of your client, this is what you do. This is what you don't do. And this is how you do it to get more yeses and eliminate the five layers of objections that people come to the table with. He's an expert right with the, re- he's really an expert with webinars specifically, but you know, you're an expert with that marketing content, the email sequencing and stuff. So I just want everybody to really understand this. Marketing is critical. You have to be able to take that marketing and lift it off the page, which is the sales piece. You can't have one without the other. They are a married couple. So to think that I'm a good in sales, I don't have to do marketing. I'm good in sales. I know I needed to do marketing and hire people for that. So we have, to know again the blind spots the limitations otherwise we're really wasting a lot of time and money I think and I found in my own um, business so be mindful of that everybody go ahead do you want to add something to that because no
0: just that I feel like some people are either good at marketing or they're good at sales and they don't realize
1: that they have to do both that is correct I admit it, not good in marketing. Do I understand it? Yes. If you ask me specific questions, can I clearly answer? Yes. Can I write that real nice and pretty? So it converts on the email? No, not my zone of genius. So really, and, and it's funny because when I work with, with clients, I s- stay in your lane stay in your lane. Oh, I could do everything. That's probably true. But if you go a mile wide, you're not, you're not landing on anybody. You got to go that mile deep. So the person knows, holy crap, you really get me. I think you really can help me with whatever, whatever the situation is. How, how to, how to market your business online effectively? Like, are there steps? Are there strategies? Like, is there like some tips that you could give us? Absolutely.
0: Well, the first thing you want to do is plan.
1: <laughs> I love you. <laughs> That's step one in my process, too, Ste- by the way. Step yeah. one.
0: And now, I mean, I am a there's a great line from the movie Pretty Woman. She's a fly by the seat of her pants kind of gal. And so am I. So having to plan is is not intuitive for me, but it is something I force myself to do regularly regularly. So having a plan, knowing what it is, what does your calendar look like over the next year? What do you want to promote? And then you reverse engineer. So first thing, you have a plan. Second thing is you have to know what you are leading people to, right? You always want to have a call to action in any kind of marketing that you do. So Now you've planned, you know what your call to action is. Now you figure out where your people are. They're in your email list. Maybe they're hanging out on Instagram. Maybe they're on LinkedIn. Chances are they're not everywhere. You know, the new rage is clubhouse. Mm -hmm. Everybody's, are you on clubhouse? Are you on clubhouse? Well, We'll see where Clubhouse is in a year, mm-hmm. and if your ideal client is not hanging out on Clubhouse, don't drop everything and sit for eight hours, peeled, you know, with your with your phone to your ear, hoping to get on the right talk. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: needle and haystack.
0: Right. Exactly. So you know what because you've already defined who your ideal client is, you know where they are. You know what their age is. You know what their gender is. You know how much money they make. You know generally where they're hanging out online. And so you want to tailor your marketing to where they are. So for example, if you are targeting millennials, you want to be on Instagram. Perhaps you want to be on TikTok. But if you don't have all the time in the world, then choose Instagram and focus your marketing there. There are so many ways to market just within that one platform. They make it so easy easy for you. So it's really about the planning, figuring out what your call to action is, figuring out where your people are, and then creating the content itself
1: and you you really have to make sure that the content is good and that it's not just crap that you're throwing out there um you know i, I Well that's against my religion so i couldn't yeah. do that. Wow. And 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 there's a lot of crap out there mel there's a lot of mm. crap out there and it i i scratch my head and think are you really selling anything when you finally because here's my feeling if your content that you're sharing is garbage. When I get on a call with you or I'm in a webinar with you, am I really going to learn anything? And it's funny, there's a lot of big gurus, you know, supposedly out there. And I have a colleague, um, and he went to one of these events. I won't mention any names, but he went, met, we went to an event at one of the big gurus and they, you know, had lunch out on the patio. This was before COVID and they're sitting around the table. And so everybody started asking him questions, um, about a specific topic that he too is really good at, right? It's his own genius. And at the end of that lunch, right, that now we're for lunch and they were going back to the event, he signed like five new clients because they said, yeah, isn't that cool? Because we'll see, that's the zone of genius because in that- lunch. They were just chatting and he was like, oh, I would do this. And his what his recommendations were were so deep and good. And they were like, wait a minute, what about this? What about this? What about this? And he kept having answers for them. By the end, they go, can I work with you? And he's like, yeah, let's connect after the event. You know, I'm happy to help you any way I can. Was coming just from this very humble, let me help you point of view. And after the event, they said in that one hour lunch, they had learned more from him than they had the whole weekend at the event. So people... you know, they, they sound good that first, you know, and then it's like, wait, that message is the same and the same and the same and the same. There's no depth there. Whereas, as I know, like when I, on my show, somebody says something, I guess, and I think, Ooh, I want to know more. So I ask that follow-up question to dig in a little bit deeper. Well, if, Listen, I don't have people on my show that don't have depth. So that's, let's get that straight. But they always can answer my follow up phone calls, uh, follow up messages. But if they couldn't, that's where that depth becomes like, ah, you keep saying the same thing over and over again. How do you expect to translate that into sales? So you have to have that really good, good content. Tell me what most business owners get wrong with the email. The, Mel, the email is hard, man. It's hard stuff. <laughs> it is
0: hard. It, often what, what they get wrong. I mean, it's unfortunately, it's a multitude of things. But number one is not having a subject line that is going to get opened. Now, when we go to school, we're in high school. They write. They tell us to write a topic sentence and then, you know, you have your paragraph and then that's your essay. But that's not real life writing, Mm -hmm. real life writing is we have about what? one second to grab the person before they, right, it might even not be one second before they scroll with their thumb to the next email. Mm -hmm. Because I know when I wake up in the morning, I have about 500 emails Mm -hmm. I have to scroll through. Mm -hmm. And so it has to be curiosity invoking. It has to be interesting. It has to call out to me. And it shouldn't be the first thing you write. It should be the last thing you write before you send off your email so that you know exactly what is in your email email so that when it goes out, it is going to speak to that person. Cool. And, and you want to make sure that if you are trying to invoke curiosity, that you are not, it's not phony. Like there's a really great example of people sending an email that says like, I almost died. And then you're like, Oh, I need to open this. Why did they almost die? And then it, the first line is of laughter And it's not funny. You've lost that person. Absolutely. So you want to be judicious in what you write, making sure that you're always authentic to yourself. So I would say the second problem is people trying, you know, you keep a swipe file and then you copy and paste your information into somebody else's email and it's not going to resonate because that's not you.
1: Isn't that funny? Can I just comment before you go on? Um, Mm -hmm. somebody had shared with me, you know, we're in meetings and whatever these networking things via zoom and they said, Oh, you keep swipe copy because then what you can do. It's called swipe copy for a reason. You swipe each other's stuff and you know, it then you, you know, you add your own stuff to it. So I was like, Oh, okay. So I started creating the swipe copy sub files in my, in my emails. And finally, you know, I went to do my email indoctrination campaign. And I went back and I'm like, oh, my God, I I don't sound like that. Oh, my God. I don't sound like that. Oh, my God. And I finally realized, stop it. You're not them. Stop trying to be them. I'm conversational. I'm kind of low-key. I'm a little kooky. So that's what has to come out in my emails. Otherwise, people will know, Kanye didn't write that. <laughs> Who wrote that for her? And that's where, to me, that's a little bit dangerous. I don't want anyone to ever think that I didn't contribute to whatever it is I'm creating because it's my business, right? It's my face, all of those things. So I I just want to comment on that. The swipe copy is great. Be careful because do you lose your voice and who you are through it? And then that's that icky piece, right? It goes back to that icky sleazy piece. Exactly. Now, how often do you scroll
0: Facebook and see a post that says, I made 14K in one month using this method? drop your contact information below and I'll give it to you. That's I mean, I if I got paid just every time I saw a post like that, I'd be rich. I know. And and, and you wonder how authentic are those people? Really? How is it that I'm going to copy exactly what that person did? And I'm going to get exactly the same result. I would say the percentage chance is what Zero. Yeah, maybe slim, very slim. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, so, but, but swipe files are good in that if you don't know the process, if you don't know what is needed in an email. And in general, that's another point I want to bring up. What should be in an email? And I know you don't like the term pain points. So I'll say the challenges. Yeah. Yeah. That your person has. I love it. So you want, you want to mention their challenges because. You are trying to solve their problem. That's right. So you talk about the challenge. You can talk about how you are an authority in the space. You could talk about the solutions you offer and then you end with a call to action.
1: And in general, that's going to get to where you want to go every single time. Yeah. Yeah, keep it simple, right? We we overcomplicate everything and create these long emails that no one wants to read. And the new thing is tell a story in your email and I'll read like the, I'll be like, oh, the, let's say the subject line. I'm like, oh, it might be interesting. Or I know the person. I think, oh, let me see what they're writing about. And then I start reading and I'm like, who cares? It's all about them. Blah, blah, blah is all I see. Delete. And I and then going forward, I won't open their emails. I just kind of delete them or I unsubscribe because it's like, let me tell you a story story. about what happened to me. Now that works. I mean, I tell a lot of stories in my training too, but it's always, let me tell you the mistake I made or the silly thing I did. And let me tell you what I learned from it. So you don't make that same mistake. That's different, but they're always trying to tell this, like, um cute little story. And then, um so what did your dog tell you today? And it's like, wow. So be careful with that as well. I find, see, that's that sleazy. I feel that I think marketing is starting to jump on the bandwagon of what sales used to be of that sleazy icky. I think there's a lot of sleazy marketing. To, I don't know. What do you see? Cause you're oh, not sleazy. I, I-
0: well thank you yeah. <laughs> um, i uh, i appreciate that um i agree with that you have to be careful and if you are going to tell a story which is a great thing to do Absolutely. there's got to be a reason behind it so i for example i have a, a ridiculous story that happened to me um i came face to face with a snake in my house oh my god <laughs> and I told that story recently in an email and my point was, what did I do? Well, first I panicked <laughs> and, and, and jumped on a chair and started screaming. And then I thought, okay, I have to make a plan. And then I transitioned that into that's what entrepreneurs do. That's right. That's what we do. That's right. Sometimes we come up with against things that are panic inducing and then we have to stop, and we have to make a plan. And that was why I told that story.
1: It's a great story,
0: and, and it's ridiculous. Like it, it really happened. I was in my basement, and my dog is barking, and the cable guy's putting in the cable, and he says he follows the dog downstairs, and he says, "Hey, come here." And I said, "What?" He said, "There's the snake." And then I started screaming, and hilarity ensued. But so it, it really depends on on. What story you tell, how you tell it, and what the moral is. If Absolutely. there's no moral, then don't waste everybody's
1: time. Do I care what your dog ate for breakfast? No. And it's true because that's, to me, that's a good story. I visualize you jumping on the chair, screaming because there's a, I mean, who likes snakes? Let's get real. Okay. So like, like I'm already shuddering over here. Right. So can I picture that? But here's the other thing as a business owner, how many times have I stopped and and freaked out? Right. And said, like, I I quit. I can't do this anymore. This is too hard. What do I do next? Oh my God, I'm, I'm lost. That that's exactly what happens with, what do I do? Oh my God, who do I call? What do I, I've never had a steak in my house before. Right? That, that whole, it, it's all that translation of crazy in our mind until you stop and think, okay what's my, my one next step. And that's what we have to do in business. So to me, that was a great story because there's visualization to it. And then the connection of I panic a lot in business. It is what it is because things hit us every day that we had, we didn't have to worry about yesterday. It's new and it's that freeze. What do I do now? And until you have the plan, like you said, and, and think, okay, think logically what's that next one step. Right. We talked about free content and valuable free content. What's the real benefit to that, and what do you advise your clients?
0: Well, the the reason that we need free valuable content is that we, as online business owners, don't have a storefront that people can walk into, and the content is the equivalent of your storefront. So when somebody's scrolling and they come across you and they say, oh, I wanna learn a little bit more, and then you all of a sudden have this great post that shows up and you're explaining about how sales doesn't have to be sleazy and if you're serving and it's heart-centered, then you are gonna make billions of dollars and it's gonna be amazing and you're gonna skip off into the sunset. Well, they're gonna see you as an authority figure in the space, they're going to say, Oh, I didn't know this. This is really interesting. And then they're going to think, I want to learn more. Exactly. They can't, they can't walk into your store and pick things up and put it down and feel how that feels and, you know, walk up to the cashier and ask a question. So that's, right. that's what this is the equivalent of.
1: No one has ever said that to me before that that content is like them walking into your store and touching and saying, Hey, you know, where did this come from? Or, Oh my goodness, I love this stone. Like if you're in that North East meets West store, right? Um, what does this stone represent? I can touch it. I can look at it. You can't do that when we have this online presence. So it's them coming in and you're welcoming them into your store, into your space, into your life, into your zone of genius of whatever that is on how you can help them. It's really important. I, no one has ever said that. That a light bulb just went off for me, Mel. That was great. That was great. Wonderful, yeah. Wonderful.
0: That, and a, a mentor of my—I cannot take credit because a mentor of mine kind of put that idea into my head, and I've taken it and run because it is so true that we just assume that we put something out there and we have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah. But if you put something out there and you are consistent, you start to build that global village.
1: Yeah. Start to build that community. Absolutely. Well, because they know what to expect from you too. And then when your email does come through, I I would imagine if they get to know you, even though your, your title might not be perfect, but they think, Oh, it's an email from Connie. Oh, it's an email from Melanie. I wonder what they're, what they're teaching today or what they're sharing today or what's the experience of the day, whatever it is that you're, presenting, right? Or, or promoting, um, like my, my, um, show people follow me because of the show and they're like, Oh my God, I love that quote today. Con that was spot on. Oh my God, you spoke to me. So it's, but they know what to expect from me because I always start my shows with that motivational quote, right? So there's that consistency that they come to want to see that they learn to trust, but that brings value in some way to them, right? So that, that getting their mind around, well, what's Connie's topic today? Do I want to listen to this show? Maybe I don't, right? So depending on what my quote is, they know whether to dig in or not. And, and to me, that saves time. That saves money. Time is money for me, right? So if I could save someone time and they think, oh, that's not, that's not a topic, um, that I want to explore. And then the next week, I'm, she's like, oh my gosh, she must have heard me. I'm back. I want to listen to Connie's show this week. So I think that's really important as well. And that's that consistency. Why, yes. why is marketing, why is marketing one of the most important things that, and, and not only small businesses, any business, why is it that important today?
0: Well, there's this phenomenal quote that I have kind of taken and made my own, um, it's that it's not the best product or service that wins. It's the best known one that wins. Mm-hmm. And you can have a widget and you can work on it and you can perfect it and perfect it and perfect it and pour millions of dollars into making this widget the best darn widget it's ever going to be. But if nobody knows about it, you're not going to make a cent. And so marketing is truly the the gateway to making those sales because people need to know about what your product or service truly is.
1: And, it and has they to be won't clearly identified,
0: mm-hmm. and they and they won't know if you don't tell them a lot consistently in the certain places where you know your ideal client is hanging out.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. My son's a senior in the uh, University of Delaware. It's his last semester, and so last semester, the end of twenty twenty, he had a marketing class and he had to pick a business. And then kind of go through a whole marketing year, calendar year. What did the business, what were they going to do? How were they going to do it? Why were they doing it? Who were their ideal clients? All of those things. So he called me and goes, mom, can I use you? Because I could go and make up a business or I can look online and and follow a business and make it up. But, But this will be helpful for me as he was explaining things to me. And you know what the funny thing was, Melanie, I learned so much from him. It provided some clarity because I'm like, well, I don't know. And he, I'm like, what did the, like, what are the questions that are on that worksheet, whatever it is, that, that topic that we were working on. And he would ask me and I go, oh, I can answer that. But right. So what my understanding was and the way he asked it, and this happens because marketing, terminology is marketing terminology. I'm not marketing, right? I didn't go marketing. I went through finance, right? That was my background. I'm numbers, not that creative stuff. So as soon, and then at the end, you know, it was so cute. Mel, he said to me, well, mom, you're doing a lot of cool things with your business. And he goes, that's why you're working so hard. And I says, well, I, I'm rebuilding, you know, I'm rebuilding, I'm recreating, I'm, I'm taking all of that live stuff. And I, you know, want to create more digital, make it available to the smaller businesses, not just my corporate clients. And it's a different conversation and you know it's different marketing and and but he was able to use me through the entire process that's what you're talking about as well the if you choo- mm-hmm. choose the right marketing person and, and and again the guy the professor is a marketing professional right and he teaches so he probably what he does with his clients. And he was teaching my son how to go through the reiteration of the different topics and why a summit and why, you know, a giveaway and all these other different things, um, in the online platform. So how do we, with all of that said, and my son, I understood what he was doing and I commend the teacher for that, the professor, but how do you choose the right marketing coach? If someone is like, I've, I've had people help me with marketing. I'm not getting anywhere. I feel like I'm spinning my wheels. The frustration is there. How do you pick the right person, Mel?
0: Oh, that's such a good question. I would say the first question you want to ask them is about what they've done. Mm. And then the second thing you want to know is references, Mm. because you never want to buy something unless you know what other people are saying about it. Always. So ask uh, about case studies, ask to speak to their current or former clients. Mm-hmm. That will say a lot. And then, if you're spinning your wheels and you and you aren't with the right coach, and it's often because people are making promises. Mm-hmm. And I don't love promises like that. I like the you know under promise over deliver, mm-hmm. not. The other way around. And I have met many people in my journeys through entrepreneurship that say, oh, I hired a business coach and they told me that I was going to make X amount and I didn't, but I stuck around anyway. And you wonder about that. Why are you sticking around if you're not getting the results that you want? So I think that maybe I'm speaking around in circles here at this point, but to, to know who the right marketing coach is really to try it out, go to a summit that they're holding, go to a webinar that they're holding, see what it is that they're offering, see what their other clients and customers are saying about them. And if it's not the right fit, there will be somebody who is the right fit because I believe that the, every pot has a cover.
1: I, I was just going to say that. Wow, get out of my head. It's funny. <laughs> Because I do believe that. I, and it, and remember, when I, when I teach my objection, how to get to the objectionless buyer, right? There's five layers of objections really that we need to break through. And when you get to the objectionless buyer, they're like, yeah, let's party, right? They're ready for you. So what, what I found with, and I, I say this all the time too, I'm not cookie cutter. My clients are never cookie cutter. So depending on what industry you're in, depending on what you're selling, my job as the coach is yes, teach you the process, how to break down those barriers, absolutely. But you can't say it the way I say it. You can't freeze or uh, position it the way Connie Whitman would. You can't have my level of energy and enthusiasm. I'm not saying you're not energetic enthusiastic. I'm off the charts. My energy is super high. So but but if I have someone who's in a lower caliber like a CPA and their ideal marketplace is a CPA, they're not gonna go in like, like a crazy person with an energy because that, that's not going to resonate with their client. Can I help you deliver your message with enthusiasm? Sure. But it has to come from your energy level, not mine. Two, everybody's not cookie cutter. And the other thing is, I know everybody should not work with me. And I know I don't want to work with everybody because it, it, the values aren't the same. The, the mm-hmm. results just aren't going to be the same. So I love that idea. Go to webinars ask questions, check them out, ask for how did, you know, what other clients did you do? How did you help them? What was that path like? Can I talk to them? What were their struggles? And inevitably you will find the right person. Shame on you if you don't ask questions because time is money, money is time. Make sure that you ask those questions so you get to the right person for you, your values, all the things you're trying to create. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I agree with that a thousand percent. We are not cookie cutter. Go ahead.
0: Right. And I want to jump on that. We're not cookie cutter. If you are looking for a coach, that coach needs to be able to meet you where you're at. Because I mean, a a course is a course, right? You can buy it. You can go through the modules. You can do it, not finish it. Like most people, if you want, that's fine. But a, a program where a coach is live, whether it's group calls or one-to-one, they need to be able to meet you where they're where you are at. And that's if right. they can't, then maybe that's not the right place for you.
1: Absolutely. I, I have my the gentleman who's helping me with my webinar just to make sure my phraseology is correct. So people go, oh, that's what she's talking about, right? Because that's his expertise, right? So that zone of genius, love it. Well, if I can't connect with people where they are. Then they 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 shouldn't be buying from me, right? And he was laughing at me because I'm very I'm a very hands on person. How can I help you if I don't understand you? It's personal for me. It really is personal for me. So yeah, I have my program, but I'm in it every week. We're doing group coaching. You get me one on one coaching during that ten weeks. We perfect your vibe, your message, how you show up, what you should say, how you communicate, what are your superpowers? Like I'm hands-on through the entire thing because everybody is different and everybody is is at a different place. And and it's dangerous not to find someone who could truly partner with you. If you find that Melanie is speaking your language, please check her out. I love Melanie. She's amazing. Go to her website, which is vipdigitalcontent.com email Melanie. You have a question. Melanie and I are all about that hands on. Please reach out to her, have a conversation. Um, Melanie at VIP digital content.com. And Mel is so wonderful. She's giving free uh, stuff out to you guys. So there's a free quiz, mycontentquiz.com, and a free content calendar, which is what we started with about planning kind of what you're going to do, why you're going to do it and, and what that year looks like. So you can back into things and that free Content calendar is at mycontentquiz.com. Did I say that right? No.
0: That, no, it's at
1: VIPdigital.live slash content calendar. Okay, so I have to add that. I will guys, not to worry, I will add all of those links to the show notes so you can find it download Mel's free stuff, connect with Mel, check her out, get on her email list. So you get a vibe of who she is. She really might be what you've been looking for. Uh, again, test her out, right? That's, 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 we want clients who truly want to work with us and appreciate what we can help them do. So if it's not a right match, cool. If we're a right match, cool. So check Mel out, follow her, uh, get to know her. And I'm sure, trust me, I think she's, br- she's brilliant at what she does, but she also gets it. She's not the, sleazy, icky marketer. Um, she gets the whole process and she wants us all to succeed. So check her out. Also, don't forget, go to my website, ton of free stuff there. You know, I love to give free stuff away as well. Go to WhitmanSos.com. If you want to do the communication style assessment, it's WhitmanSos.com slash CSA. If you want to go right to the uh, CSA. Um, Mel, thank you again for being on. I, I really do appreciate your time and just great content that you shared. So thanks for doing that for us. Thank you so much, Connie. This was awesome. Yeah, always fun to hang out with you, my friend. Definitely. And I hope you will join me weekly as we question, build and discover together how heart-centered sales leaders, how heart-centered sales people, how heart-centered business owners and people out there can easily help grow um, everything you're trying to do with your clients, your client base, your business, whatever it is. Coming from that heart-centered place matters and it really does make the difference and will help you move your needle into more profits. Less angst, more profits. That's the name of the game. Um, thank you again, Melanie. Thank you all. Um, you've been. Thank you for tuning in to the Heart-Centered Sales Leader podcast with me, your heart-centered sales leader and host, Connie Whitman on webtalkradio.net. Have a wonderful week. Open your minds to the client relationships that are possible as you become this really heart-centered sales leader, heart-centered um, business owner that you're destined to be. I'm excited and honored to have you on this journey with me, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Take care for now, everybody.
0: You've been listening to the Heart Centered Sales Leader Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to hear Connie Whitman and her expert guests share tips, tools, and strategies that can be implemented immediately. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with your friends. Tune in every week for more exciting insights and strategies on increasing your business's ROI. And always remember, lead with heart and your sales will follow.